Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. The Most Motivational Podcast has one mission, and that's to share impactful moments and knowledge from the most motivational people you haven't heard of yet. Because of this mission, I've been able to learn the lessons you need to overcome hardships, achieve success, and much more. Today, I want to share with you the four most important lessons I've learned so far hosting this show. These lessons have changed my mindset and consequently my actions and have made me a better person. I'll be bringing these lessons with me into the new year, and I hope you do too. It took me years to figure this near-death experience out. And I'm so thankful that I remember everything I went through because I've been able to go down and dissect deeply what was truly occurring. When I figured out this near-death experience, I consider it to be the greatest message I have worth sharing. In that moment, I thought about my wife, Tina, and she was four months pregnant with our first child. I thought about how I was never gonna hold her again, kiss her, take her on a date, have dinner with her. And I was never gonna know if I had a boy or girl, what color their hair was gonna be or their eyes, what their name was gonna be. I'd never throw ball, play catch, teach them sports, walk them down an aisle, take them to school. I was gonna miss everything. What I learned in this moment is those were my last thoughts on this world. And if they're my last thoughts, I'd like to consider them to be probably my most important thoughts. Now, we all get caught up in our day, right? You get these what I call stresses. Well, everyone calls them stresses, right? You know, you got these commitments you have to do or work things that need to get done. And you never quite seem to get all your work stuff cleared away, do you? You always seem like there's a pile that you leave for the next day or you take it home with you, right? And then you have commitments with friends and with work and business and you name it. You got all these things that you need to do that you chase around. And if you have kids at the end of the day, your day after work doesn't stop. You start chasing after your kids. And then you got to pay your bills and you have all these income problems and, you know, all these things that just push on to you and drive your day and they become stresses. When I was in this near-death experience, all I could think about was my wife and my unborn child. I didn't care about anything else. I didn't care about that job. I didn't care if it ever got done. I didn't care about paying my bills. I didn't care about playing my friend's bachelor party that night. I didn't care if he ever got married. I didn't care about nothing other than my wife and my unborn child. Interesting. It, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, you when you think about what truly matters in life and and you just question and you think about money and you think about all these little things and then you get caught up, like you're saying, in your whole your whole day-to-day, -day, but then what, what does really matter 
is what comes to you in those those final moments uh, super powerful. So I measure knowing now what my most important thoughts are. I measure the success of every day. And when I came in here, everybody's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, it's a great day. Every day is a great day. And the reason is I measure the success of every day like this. If at the end of the day, my family is happy, healthy, and safe. I had a real good day. I no longer let those stresses impact the outcome of my day. In fact, I reclassified them. I call them distractions because that's exactly what they are. Those stresses, what they do is they take your mind, your eye off of what's truly important and they have you look over here. And while you're looking over here and you're trying to accomplish all these things and they actually impact your life and how you affect the people over here. And then sometimes we don't treat the people we love the best because of these stresses that are in our life. And I just wanna ask you a question. Tell me one problem you had five years ago. It's, it's hard to remember. You, you don't even think about it, right? It's probably I, I could tell you I was doing engineering seven years ago, and mm -hmm. I had some problems then. But nowadays, you don't even think about it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But at that time, I guarantee you, five years ago, you had stuff going on in your day that were stressing you out and mm -hmm. overtaking the, your day, and yet they were so meaningless. You can't even remember what they are five years ago. Uh, five years ago, later. Yeah. And in the moment, it's everything. It's, it's like, everything. if I don't pass this exam, you know, my life's over, right? But yeah. look five years ahead, you don't even think about it at all, right? Whether you passed or failed. Yeah. Interesting. Just totally yeah. leaves your mind. Yeah. The only thing that anyone will ever bring up whenever I ask them that question, or if I go back six months or a year or whatever, the only time they'll ever be able to bring anything up is if someone in those most important thoughts was impacted. Like I lost a loved one person yeah. or I had a breakup in a relationship or a friend ended up getting injured or whatever the case. That's the only time anyone ever can bring up someone happened five years ago because hmm. if it impacted those most important thoughts. Yeah. It's like a loved one. Yeah. Hmm. So wow. don't let money or grades or um, your commitments or whatever take away from what's most important to your life. Simplify it. You know, there is a system to success, right? They say goals are for people who want to win once. Systems are for people who want to win repeatedly over and over again. So for me, it's always about systems. It's about a work ethic. It's about going to do things that other people won't mm, yep. to get what you want. Yep. Yeah, I really believe in that. Even myself in my personal life, outworking others has been a huge mindset that I've had. Right from the right from university days, and I remember entering university and getting terrible grades the first few years, and just wondering was everyone just smarter than me? And it, it, they were, but it was because they had worked harder than me in previous years. And what I had learned from motivational speeches, we were talking about this earlier, is you really can outwork others. And, and I started studying twice as much as other people. I would instead of doing eight hour days, I was doing like sixteen hour days, and and sleeping a little bit less and, and give it a year and I caught up to everyone. And after two years, I was kind of top of the class, which shocked me because I didn't think that was even possible until I started listening to you know, people like yourself and, and other motivational speakers and, and icons that I looked up to. So, you know, so back, back to football. My freshman year in high school, I was so bad at football that my high school had two teams. Their sophomore, their freshman team 
had an A team and a B team. I was on the B team, mm. which was the worst out of the two, and I still wasn't playing. Right. Seven games into the season, I quit the team. <laughs> I said, look, I'm not playing. Nobody cares. Right. My mom doesn't care. So I just went home one day, and I just told my, my mom and uh, my stepfather, said, so I quit the team. They're like, oh, okay. Mm. And that spring, I met a guy who was a hypnotherapist. He was renting space at my dad's office at nighttime. My dad had the office during the day. At night, this hypnotherapist was renting space there. And he told me, he said that vividly imagined experiences, your brain can't tell the difference than a real experience. Hmm. And that's how I first got into seeing my success. So I did a few hypnotherapy sessions with him and that's when I started to use visualization, seeing myself be successful on the football field, seeing myself make the tackle. And I went back the sophomore year and played football again. And the only thing I did different was I did the visualization daily as part of my routine. Hmm. And that year I went from the previous year, I quit the football team, didn't play, to one year later, end of my sophomore year, I was the most viable player. Wow. So... I learned at a young age the power of the mind. Mm. Uh, I really learned to believe that, you know, in life it's an inside game. You know, too often you're out there, you're pointing the finger. I, I didn't make it because that person. I didn't make it because of that coach. The reason you don't make it is because you do not have the mastery and control of your emotions and your mental mind to get yourself to do the stuff you need to do to get the results that you want. Yep. And that was my breakthrough moment and that was my breakthrough tool. Hmm. And I used that tool of seeing my success before it happened to, to get a scholarship, be the first person from my high school to get a scholarship to D1 football school be the first person from my high school to play in the NFL. Wow. To be, and that one tool hmm. of seeing your success, putting those neurons, you know, firing them and wiring them together has been, I think, the one tool that has saved me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that's fascinating. And, you know, it's the, it's the thing that most people, they don't see, right? They see you excelling and they wonder why. And I think it's, it's amazing that you just shared that. Yeah, six, there's no secrets to success. <laughs> there really are. People okay. always want to find a hack. Mm, yeah. You know, what's a hack? The hack to success is go work your ass off. Okay. Go work your ass off. You will succeed. Pick your mountain, mm. whatever that mountain is. And each journey up the mountain is a million steps. And each day you have to take that step. Each day you take that step, you look up at the mountain, you say, yeah, that's where I want to go. Hmm. And then each next day you take your step over and over and over again. You know, it's, um, I find that consistency, consistency is the key. Yep. And consistency doesn't always guarantee success, right? Hmm. But if you're inconsistent, if you don't take those steps, you'll never be successful. Yeah. And that applies to every area of your life, right? Working out, obviously a huge example. Yeah. Success, football, apply to anything, right? Yeah, people, you know, people say to me, oh, it's easy for you. You love to work out. You know, you're in great shape. You love it. It's easy for you. I mean, I laugh. No, I don't love it. <laughs> I love the results. I don't love the work. Yeah. 
I don't love when my knees hurt, my elbows hurt, my shoulders hurt, my body's tired. I don't like getting up and going to the gym. I don't like it. It's not fun, but I love the results. Yeah. And I've learned to put the effort in. I've learned to do things when I'm tired, when I don't feel like it, when I don't want to. When you can learn to do things when you don't want to, when you don't feel like it, when you're tired, when you can learn to push yourself to do them, that's when the world opens up to you. That's when success knocks at your door. But if you can't, you'll never succeed because I guarantee you there is some guy out there who's working when he's tired, who's working when he doesn't feel like it, who's working when he doesn't want to, and he's gonna outwork you. Mm. He's gonna have the success that you want. See, people say they want success, but they're not willing to do the work to have the success. Yeah, every morning consistently. For those that don't know, imposter syndrome is the inability to believe that one success is deserved or has been achieved as a result of your efforts. This, this, from what I've read, is something that you've dealt with in your life. Um, when did this apply to your life and, and how do you deal with it? It's applied at all different points in my career. Um, Early on is when it was definitely the worst and when I wasn't very equipped to deal with it. I It still pops up even now, but I have much better perspective on it. Um, my first assignment, you know, I got through all those years of training. I get to Misawa, Japan, which is my first combat squadron. Misawa is a really isolated, smaller city. It's way up in the northern part of Japan. Um, generally, English is not widely spoken there. Uh, you're isolated, I guess. And so your squadron, your wingmen in your unit become your everything. They're your neighbors, they're your friends, they're your family on holidays, they become everything. And so I step into that environment and I'd gone through all these years of training and I, they had gone pretty well. And you feel like you should be fairly equipped when you get to that point. And when I got there, I actually discovered that what I had learned up to that point was just the tip of the iceberg. That being a fighter pilot was way more complicated than the actual physical flying of the airplane, that was something that you had to get to the point where you could do it in the periphery in your sleep practically because you had to be monitoring all these sensors, understanding your weapon systems, understanding the enemy's weapon system, understanding other platforms, uh, other good guy platforms that are working together with you. And it's very complex. You're multitasking, you're thinking way ahead, you have to have situational awareness of three dimensions on a huge scope. Um, and I got there and in hindsight, I think I was probably a pretty average brand new wingman, but up until that point, I had done well at things. Like I had, you know, got a scholarship, I had gotten a pilot slot and then I'd gotten a fighter jet, which was just against the odds. And I'd made it through all these courses and all of a sudden I get to Misawa and there's just so much information to learn that no matter how many hours a day I put in trying to learn it. I could not get my arms around it. It was going to take months and months and months. And that was new for me. And so it kind of shook my identity of like, do I even belong here? Like, who am I if I'm not the person that's good at this stuff, if I'm not like above average at everything? And I also really felt like I had to put on this facade to fit into the squadron. Um, I had some, some were accurate and some were misconceptions. I had this idea of what being a fighter pilot meant. 
And in my mind, everyone was very type A, everyone was very assertive, very confident. And I'm more soft-spoken and reserved. And I was a really shy kid. I'm a little bit more introverted. And I'm also very empathetic. And I like feel like I focus more on EQ type skills. And that just isn't necessarily what comes out at the forefront in that environment. And so you layer that in with being one of two women in the squadron of about 50 people. And I did feel like I was under a microscope and I really felt like I had to prove myself. So I couldn't show weakness. I couldn't show vulnerability. I couldn't ask questions when I had them because I didn't want people to realize I didn't know the answer already. And all of this created this perfect scenario where I felt very isolated. I felt like I didn't deserve to be there. Like this was the wrong career path for me, even though I worked so hard to get there. And I really felt like no one else was experiencing that. And in hindsight, having talked to some of the other people that were young in their career at the same squadron at the same time, they all felt that way. Maybe mm. not the gender part of it, but they all felt like they were trying to establish their reputation in this new community. Like they were trying to learn so much information that it was overwhelming, but I felt very isolated. And so I think a, a huge part of dealing with it is getting perspective that it is not an uncommon thing, that you are not the only one experiencing it. And sharing that you're struggling with that feeling with other people who are in similar experience level to you, I almost guarantee that as soon as you're like, man, I really feel like I don't belong here. Like sometimes I'm questioning if this is the right decision, if I'm ever going to be good enough, they're going to be like, thank you for sharing that because I feel the exact same way and no one talks <laughs> about it. Um, so I think recognizing that it's common and that it's just part of being a beginner at something and then sharing it with other people, connecting with other people. And that connection also allows you if you're willing to be vulnerable and admit that you're struggling a little bit or you feel like concepts aren't coming as quick as, as you want, people are going to show up for you. You're going to find those mentors that can help you work through that. But the only way to get those close relationships and build those connections is if you're willing to drop those walls a little bit and be vulnerable with people. And I didn't discover that until probably three or four years into flying the F-16. Um, my second assignment when I was in Texas, that's where I got to deploy did a lot of stuff there that I really grew a lot as a pilot and just as a person. Um, and it was from that assignment that I eventually applied to the Thunderbirds. And had I not gone through that period of growth there where I kind of realized all these things and I found a really great community within my squadron and I started showing up just as myself instead of trying to play fighter pilot dress up, I would have never even had the courage to apply to the Thunderbirds because it's intimidating and there's mm. a good chance of failure. Um, and so just recognizing that like it is so common. I still deal with it now. I just have perspective on it that it's normal and I don't let it stop me from taking action. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. You know, talking to others, getting perspective and, you know, understanding you're not the only one who probably feels like that. If you think about someone who wants to be in shape but is struggling to get started and keep consistent with it, what's your advice to them? Well, the, the, here's the thing. The advice that I have for people that want to start their fitness journey we have to keep in mind, when we're younger, we seem to think that we're going to live forever. We think that nothing can stop us. I'm healthy. I like what I like. I do what I do. I eat what I want. Whatever. And then you start to get a little older and things change. Sometimes people wait until something bad happens or when a doctor diagnoses them or anything. My doctor said, I need to do this. Do not wait for your doctor or anyone to advise you to take care of yourself. Please understand that, ladies and gentlemen. 
That's what I'm saying. Anybody, hmm. right? Don't wait for the doctor to say, you need to do this or else. Don't depend on medication because you need it or because something's wrong with you that you probably could have helped yourself before you got to that point. Not saying that medication is not good for people because some people do need it and there are certain un unexplained sicknesses and illnesses out there that people can't control. But make no mistake, there are a lot of people out there that don't have to be in the position that they're in. They just choose to do that. Hmm. One of my main things I tell people all the time, stop complaining about issues that you can fix. You have power over your issues. Some issues you may not ever be able to come back from or fix, but don't you dare say, oh, now I need to do it because the doctor told me, oh, I need to do it. I, I need, I'm starting, stop starting over and start starting up. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I said it before and I'll say it again. When your mind is in the right place, your body will follow. If your mind breaks down, then the body will believe it. Tell your body to shut up and tell your mind to take over. Pure and simple. Yeah, I like what you said earlier there. Uh, don't wait for your doctor to tell you you need to get healthy. You know, you need to make that decision for yourself. Um, don't wait to get overweight to lose weight. Great, that's great advice. I think that people love excuses from time to time. There are a lot of people in the world that love excuses. They think excuses love them. That's my friend, I love excuses. Oh, excuses, love me, I love you, you're so awesome, you make me happy, you make me feel good. No, excuses don't love you. Why are you depending on them? Don't you realize excuses will kill you? It will destroy your well-being? And the more excuses you make, the less effort you're gonna give. So stop depending on them. Listen, the truth is this, I don't want to be sick. If I can avoid being sick, I'm gonna do that. There are a lot of rich people that are sick right now. I'm enjoying my life. How are you enjoying your life and you're sick? Can't do nothing with your riches. We put more effort in our vehicles, our homes, vacations. Oh, I'm enjoying life. How are you enjoying life if something's wrong with you when you can do something about it? It's not about making people feel bad. It's about making people feel alive and being responsible and accountable and disciplined. Mm. That's what it's about. Fitness is your duty. Because a lot of people out here are just wasting time and they're not valuing time. Mm. Health and time are the two most precious assets we possess today. Mm. All we gotta do is stay on top of it. Yeah, I like how you relate fitness so closely with health and, you know, not just looks. Yeah, aesthetics. I mean, come on, let's look. Aesthetics, don't get me wrong. We live in a society that people want to look a certain way, and I think it's awesome. You should want to look great. Ladies, guys, hey, it's all good. I get it. But those internal organs, they sitting up and say, hey, you can look great on the outside, but if that heart ain't ticking right and them lungs not working right and that liver ain't acting right, Things that are not doing what they need to do, your kidneys, all of these things that makes your body function, it don't want, it doesn't matter. Hmm. It's not so much on the outside that matters, it's what's on the inside. How many cars have you seen that look really nice? Start it up, it runs like junk. <laughs> Just because it looked good on the outside don't mean it's good on the inside, people.
You got to do the right thing. It's okay to look at the outside. I get it. Yeah. Heck, get it. Get all of it. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you're going to get older. Body's going to change. You have to accept it. And stop looking at your age as a curse. As you get older, as one get older, it's a beautiful thing. The thing you have to also keep in mind, in time, each day you live, your shorter days are coming. Your longer days are behind you. Live your life the best way you can. Don't sit back and think your age is a curse or because you look a certain way and you feel you're not accepted by other people and other people looking down on you. I encourage people all the time. I tell ladies as well as guys, stop looking at the image in the mirror. Stop judging yourself based on the number on the scale. What are you doing to better yourself? Take the necessary steps each and every day of your life and just be a better human being. Yeah, preach. Uh, you know, it's it's one percent better every day, and I like that comparison to a, a car as well. So, coach, what fitness routine should most people be doing? Let me tell you, uh, practical fitness is the best way to go. There's a lot of technology out there: treadmills, elliptical, heart monitors. Checking my heart rate, how many calories I'm burning. Uh, I'm burning X amount of calories. I need more calories. Calories. How many calories did you put in? You know how many people out there that are depending more on how many calories they burn in their ass? How many meals did you eat? Once. You're not burning anything. How are you going to burn something if you ain't got nothing to burn? That's the main thing. We have to still eat. We need food to supply our bodies so that our bodies can do what it needs to do to work, su survive, or whatever you want to call it. But ultimately, I feel that we feel... And I'm in the gym and, you know, got my own business and fitness industry. We feel that we need a certain type of equipment to work out. <laughs> Push the world. <laughs> Get on the ground and do some push-ups. Push-ups. Go for a run. Do some jumping jacks. Do something that's going to get your heart rate up a little bit. Do it two or three times a week. Start there. You got all the gym equipment you need. You are the gym equipment. You are the gym not some fancy gym, and I'm not condemning the gyms out there because that's what it is, but everything now seems to be superficial at times. And we don't need to think that way about ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are beautiful, amazing people of all walks of life. All we got to do is just tap into our inner self and attack. <laughs> yeah. Pure and simple. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 